Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast, a division of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Someone sounds like they're coming on the train! <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Paul Bissonette and Mike Grinelli. Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I'm Matt from Surrey. New Westminster, or fan. And you're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Here are your hosts. Jake Jude. McTavish for Calder, and I mean it this time. Marcus Keller. Plan the parade or blow it up. No in between. And Tyler Erlinson. Kizmenko will get 40 goals this year. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I am going to be your host this week, Marcus Keller. Joined, as always, by my fantastic co-hosts, Alex Smith. Yo. And all the way from beautiful Nanaimo, Jake Jude. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? How's it going? Yeah, so in case any of you missed the episode we did two weeks ago, we kind of announced that Jake is uh, off trying to do something with his life, and uh, he's going (laughs) to school in Nanaimo for the next little while. So uh, he'll be calling in remotely for the foreseeable future. And just yeah. in case you're getting nervous already, don't worry. We're going to fix the audio quality. This is literally a phone call. He does not have a proper mic. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll be able to figure something out in the near future. Yeah. How's dinner going, by the way? I could hear you cooking that in the background. Good, good. I'm pretty much done now, so you shouldn't be able to hear anything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fantastic. Um, as you all know, we took a break last whoa, week. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? You're forgetting the most important question. Jake. How's the weather over there? <laughs> oh man. Honestly, dude, the weather has been pretty good up until today where it was like raining this morning, but yeah. better now. <laughs> Beautiful BC. The joke the joke lives. The joke lives. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, as most of you know, there was no episode last week because Jake was in the process of moving to Nanaimo and me and Alex were actually on a cruise. So Alaska. Alaska. It was very cool. I'm sure we'll get into some of that another yeah. time. But uh, I think we should get into it right now. I have a question. <laughs> oh, boy. What? So since you guys were out exploring Alaska, do you think that there's a potential for a hockey market up there? No shot. Dude, <laughs> dude there is not enough people to no fill, way. like, planet ice. <laughs> there's no possible way. Unless it was on the water and ships could pull up to it. <laughs> That would be the only way it could work. Yeah, and it, orcas could pay. If you built it in the middle of a cruise ship port yes. that was capable of taking on like 15 cruise ships, you could maybe fill a stadium. That would be a rowdy crowd. It would be a very fat and tired crowd. Because <laughs> all you do on a cruise is eat. And climb walls. And climb, well, some of us do. Yeah. But. What do you mean climb walls? Well, that's, that's, that's scaring me, boys. Okay, can, can we please not do this? <laughs> so it was, I think, the second to last day. It was just a full day of sailing. And they had a rock climbing wall on our cruise ship. And uh, one of the uh, events that took place was an adult speed climbing competition. So that's me and Marcus sick. go, you know, like, that'd be fun. Like, when's the last time we went rock climbing? So we show up. There's probably around, like, 10 people there. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much just they cut off everything except for one part. Sorry, one second. <laughs> the sausage is cooking. <laughs> that sausage is sizzling. <laughs> Can you guys hear the water running? I'm sorry. It's, it's a really packed schedule for me. You're good. You're good. Sausage in. is brought to you by Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, pop. <laughs> 
there's so, a rock wall. In so yeah, house. there's a rock climbing wall. Uh, there was a an event that they were taking place. There was about ten people that showed up for the adult speed climbing. Uh, they cut off all the other ropes so that we had one section to climb up. And um, Marcus, do you want to? I I thought when I went, I'll talk about my experience. Okay, you go ahead. So I I uh, I was on the wall, and they were about to say go, and I was pretty scared because it's a pretty high wall. So I just wanted to get up and down as quick as possible. Uh, so I went, and I was like a spider monkey out there. I felt pretty quick. Uh, but there was also a couple other like rock climbing people or looked yeah. like rock climbing people. So I didn't think I was going to win or anything. But, you know, I thought I put up a pretty good time. Uh, Marcus, how did you feel about your time? So my time was not as good because about a third of the way up, I completely fell. <laughs> like all the like i don't mean like slipped i mean i fell off the wall like i i was rappelling to the ground on the rope and i and i even sat there for a second on the ground i was like ah damn it whatever like everyone's watching too like whatever and then the guy who's running it's like go 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 i was like oh i i don't get to just tap out he's like no you gotta go so then i had to go back up and finish restart the time also when they were you were like two-thirds up the way this big gust of wind came, blew your hat off. Yeah, that's <laughs> I right. Your hat was gone for sure, but no, it, it stayed on. It Odell stayed on the boat. Yeah, but uh, which hat was it? Uh, the beige one. Well, that would have been a disaster. That's the new yeah, one. Yeah. That's my. That's my going out hat. Um. Anyway, this is a hockey <laughs> podcast, and we should get to that pretty soon here. Sorry. That's um. Right, and speaking of hockey, hockey starts this month with the preseason. That's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, obviously we have a lot of hockey to get through, but before we do that, we're going to throw it over to Alex for it's Alex's gambling, gambling corner. corner. Oh yeah. Light the lamp with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. So guess what? What? We got a new sport we can bet on. So it's not golf this week? There's still golf. There's oh, still golf. We're going to cover the golf. Oh, God. Why? Because golf always hits. Uh, you guys want to take a guess at the sponsorship? Golf never hits. <laughs> golf always <laughs> hits. I don't think you've ever hit on golf. <laughs> golf always hits. I never hit the ball when I play that sport. So this is a country, like the U.S. Open. You guys want to take a guess at which country? So it's the blank open. The blank Australian. Open. No. Uh, New Zealand. No. British. Golf. We're talking golf. It, the England Open. No. The, mm. the Scotland Open. Good guess, but no. That would be sick. Yeah. The Irish. Scotland. It is the Irish oh, Open. Fuck. Wait, just before you do that, have you ever heard a Scottish person try to say purple burglar alarm? 
No, Marcus, I have not. <laughs> it's genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Purple burglar alarm? Yeah, that. but a Scottish person saying that, it's like, because their R's turn into L's. So it's just a pal If any of our listeners are Scottish, please send in your best audition tape trying to say that. Um, Let me find a Scottish person. I'll ask them. Yeah. Uh, So we're not going to be betting on a Scottish person, so they won't be saying it. We're going to be betting on Min Woo Lee. Min Woo Lee. Min Woo Lee. That doesn't sound Irish. No, I don't know what he is, but I have a guess. Korean. Potentially, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good guess. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to be betting Min Woo Lee. But the one I'm excited about is the NFL is starting this Sunday. Ooh. Woo. Yeah, lots of games. Let's go Seahawks. The Seahawks. You know what? We can we can go with the Seahawks. Yeah? We'll, we'll throw some money on the Seahawks. Okay, who are they playing? They're playing the Los Angeles Rams. Oh, easy money, easy yeah, money. It the Rams be. suck. The Rams do suck. So are we doing the Rams? I don't know. Oh, the Rams have suck. nobody. Cooper Cup's Aaron now Donald? injured. Yeah, that's it. Aaron Donald. No more Cooper Cup. No more Jalen Ramsey. They got Van Jefferson as their starting wide receiver. Tough, tough, tough. So we're going to be doing the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. We're going to be doing the Baltimore Ravens, who are playing the Houston Texans. That should be an easy win. Easy money on that one. And we're going to go with former... Seattle Seahawks legend, Mr. Russell Wilson, and the Devon Broncos. Those three teams, put the money down on them. Okay. And hopefully they win for you. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for the advice. Yeah, I think that uh, the Broncos definitely could have a bit of a bounce back year this year. So if you have money like to put on a team and like take a chance, I think it is going to be the Broncos. Yeah. They're, they're poised to have a very big season. They've got to do something because last season was just such a disaster. I don't know. I, I still believe that Russell Wilson can do something, but who knows? Only time will tell. I feel like that guy's just been around forever. Like once I became yeah. like aware of NFL football, I feel like I already knew who he was. Yeah, he's definitely in the back 90 or back 10% <laughs> of his career. I don't know. The what Twilight? Call that. Yeah, the Twilight Zone. No, no, no. The Twilight, the twilight of his career. Zone. <laughs> <laughs> what is um, the Twilight Zone? I, I don't think you want to know. I don't. It's a television show from like the 90s, I think. Oh. oh. I, or might have even been like a book. Why did I think the Twilight Zone was a saint? Twilight Zone was also a, a song that they used to play at uh, hockey games in like the 2000s. <laughs> you, you'd, you'd be oh, in yeah, the yeah. arena and it's that... Yeah. And then and then they there's this girl who does the singing in it and some dude goes, take you down to the twilight zone. No, 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 Marcus, no, no, no. Yeah. Not how he delivers that line. How does he do it? You know how he does it. No, I just I thought I just did it. So if I if I'm so wrong, why don't you explain that to me, Jake? No, that is so Hold beyond on. wrong. My window has just broken. <laughs> no, that that is. You know what? We'll we'll sort that out another time. <laughs> anyway, let speaking of hockey, let's move into hockey a little bit. Um, so 
we're at that point in the season where some players around the NHL are making their way back to their team cities to start doing practices. Andre Kuzmenko. The Canucks have one of the biggest on-ice rosters so far of any team in the league. They have, like, more guys back in town than almost any other team. So, so far, and, and again, we're about three weeks, three and a half weeks away from, like, close to a month from preseason starting. Already, Bavillier, Besser, Miller, Pearson, Podkolzin, Kuzmenko, Amon, Joshua, Hoaglander, Susie, Hughes, Horonic, Irwin, Myers, Rathbone, Demko, Silovs, and Martin are all on the ice already. No Pedersen. Oh, sorry. Nope. Pedersen, I believe, just got back. Oh, okay, good. That, sorry, that, that's not updated. That was from a day or two ago. But anyway. That seems like a lot of people. It's a lot of guys. And that's good. I remember Tockett saying at the end of last year that he wanted camp to get going early this year. He, it, that was really important to him. Um. Yeah, if they get off slow in preseason, then hopefully they'll be ready to go by the time the season starts. Well, that was their big problem last year, right? Was they had the slowest start of any team in the league, dropping their first seven games in a row. Yeah. That was just brutal. I think by the time the Canucks had zero points, the Boston Bruins already had 14. They're we, should go take a look. we should take a look at who their first 10 games are against. Because remember last year we did that? And we kind of call or we predicted kind of how they would do. Yeah, and we had them going like like seven and three. (laughs) Yeah, and then they went. They went three and seven. Yeah, we should we should do that again though. I'll pull. When you guys pull up, yeah, 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 pull pull it up right now. Okay, yeah. If if you get the schedule going, Um, one guy though who I'll just read this off quick will not be starting the season will be Tucker Pullman. Uh, He is confirmed now to be starting the year on LTIR. It is unclear if he will come off of that at any point during the year. Nah, that's way too bad. Yeah. yeah. We're going into the third year of his contract, too. I believe he's played less than 40 games for the Canucks. Yeah. Okay, so I've got... We play three preseason games, right? Yes, that's okay. right. So Our home opener is against Edmonton. Yep. I will be at that game, and I'm so pumped. And you will watch oh, the team lose. One other thing. Sorry, I just want to bring this up because it's neat. <laughs> Uh, every year our, our family divides our oh, season yeah. tickets and we try to, you know, make it even to see who goes to which games. And mm-hmm. this year we got to do it on the cruise ship, which was kind of fun. And we booked out the conference room, yeah. which was really fun. So they had it set up for all of us perfectly. There was like, we were drinking, eating snacks. We had like lists and people were wearing it glasses. Was like, it was very yeah, It was a full on like draft board, like war yeah. room. It was yeah. very, very I got cool. a video of it I'll put up later, but it, it's very cool. You can hear everyone's like, Dallas, who wants Dallas on a Wednesday? <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to ask you this because I didn't – so I didn't get to ask you this. Yeah. What was the one game out of the whole season you wanted to go to? Oh, that's so that's so Was there tough. one that, like, stood out, though? There were there – were, uh, on a Wednesday in October. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somehow that one slipped through my fingers. <laughs> Jake, you want to take a guess? There was a team – that nobody wanted to go to, so we skipped it because we go like month by month, and there was one team that just never got chosen until the very end, and we had to like draw dice on who was going to go to those games. Do you want to take a guess at what team that was? It was not Nashville because I know that's what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, okay, good, good, good. good. Uh, see? <laughs> St. Louis. Nope. Nope. Mm, Columbus. Nope. Oh, they would have been a fun one. Yeah, just think of teams that just have absolutely nothing like, to offer. Who would want to go see that team? Arizona. No. no. They were one of them, though. Yeah, they, they had a but couple this, games. Yeah. yeah. 
It, it, I'm, I'm just going to cut it. It, yeah. it was the San Jose Sharks. Oh, yeah. At, at the end of it, like, we all get, like, a certain number of skips, like, when you want to pass over a game. And then at the end, you have to round them all up and figure out who takes them. There were both San Jose games were back there. <laughs> and just no one wanted to take them. But mm-hmm. anyway, moving on, our home opener, the, the, how this all started, is against Edmonton on a Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, uh, Saturday. Is it on a Saturday? Yep. Oh, sick. Ooh, yep, nice. Saturday night, Edmonton at home. Hang on, is that the preseason game? Nope. The Edmonton Wednesday is a preseason game. No, I thought that was the home opener. Oh, okay. All right, my bad. You're right, you're right. Okay, so first game of the season, Edmonton Oilers. Win or loss? Loss. Yep, I'm taking a loss. Jake? <laughs> I'll take the win. Okay. Uh, I, sorry, I just, I just, I feel like I need to remind people of this. Last year, I think we did pick them to win, or at least some of us did. The Canucks went up 3 nothing in the first period. That started the first of their losses where they held multi-point leads in all the games oh, and then I lost. I forgot about that streak. So we were up 3 nothing in the first period, and we lost that game 5-3. to three. Yeah, I completely forgot about how many games we lost when we were up by multi-goals. Yeah. Fun times. Okay. I think it was four in a row to start Probably. the season. So, yeah, no, it's the Oilers at home on October 11th at 7 p.m. And then it's the Canucks in Edmonton on October 14th at 7 p.m. Wait, so what is... So it's a home and home with Edmonton to start the year. Oh, so you're just, yes, yeah, you're just looking at the wrong home team, basically. We, cause, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, I see what Jake's talking about. So these first three games at home. Okay, so we play six. Oh. There you go. So okay. we play six preseason games in total. Okay. Oh, you. I see yeah, why you're yeah, confused. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so Edmonton, uh, we already said that's a loss-loss win. And then we play Edmonton at Edmonton again. I say we win that one. You think we lose at home but win in Edmonton? I think we learn their game plan. And then we exploit it in game two. Here. I think we lose both of those games. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, we we shut down McDavid. Jake, what do you think? Uh, I think they split the series. So I think the Canucks win at home and then lose on the road. But okay, it could very well go the other way. Yeah, I, I'm taking the exact opposite. We lose at home and we beat them on the road. And I have them losing both. In true true to form fashion, Marcus and I could not be less than agreements. Yeah. Uh, next, we're going to Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, I think that's a win. If that's not a win, give up. Just don't want, like, it, spare yourself the next 80 games. Don't bother. <laughs> Jake, Why did Canucks always play the Flyers in October? I never noticed that trend before. <laughs> that you would know. <laughs> oh, I love Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, who do it's you true, got? Like, if you look in history, they always play Philadelphia in October. I think for the last three years, They've played both their games against Philadelphia in October. Hmm. Yeah, that's something I would not yeah. have known. <laughs> anyway. That's a fun okay. stat. Okay, Moving Jake, on. Who you got? But, yeah, Jake. Oh, obviously. I'm sorry. Obviously, I'm taking the Canucks there. Like, there's okay. no way they can lose that game. <clears throat> if they lose that game, blow it up. <laughs> that's what I, I I agree I completely agree uh, last year I remember the first couple losses like you know what everyone's just got to calm down everyone's too mad so fast eight games later we finally won it was like okay you know what maybe maybe they did hit the panic button at the right time all right then we got Tampa 
Oh, loss. I think that's a win. No. Yeah, I think so. No, Tampa runs think, our I show. Think, I think it's a win too. Yeah, I think they. I think they a little surprise, and uh, they go in and sneak a win. It would be very Canucks fashion to lose to Philadelphia and then beat Tampa. Yeah. It's a very Canucks thing to do. Uh, and we're still on the road trip, so we're going to be... Oh, sorry, Jake, you said win, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, and then, so we're continuing on the road trip, and we're going to the Florida Panthers. And I have that as a win, too. That one, for whatever reason, yeah, I actually think I they think, could yeah, they're off. just going to go on a heater streak. <laughs> sorry, See, that's I just disagree. very I think, stupid. <laughs> Why is that stupid? Because Florida, it's the Canucks. They're not going to go on a heater. I think they could. I okay. Think, I think Florida is where they start a losing streak because now they're playing the fourth game of their road trip. They're still on the East Coast. They're burnt out. They're losing that game. Why is this so funny? Because Jake said that's when they start their losing streak oh, and they yeah. play Nashville the next game. Oh, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy win. That's another one, I think. Yeah, that's no just. Way. I think Brock Besser no. and Nils Hoaglander are going to remember what they did to UC Soros, where he just comes too far out of the net, so they just deke behind him. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not going to learn. So, Jake, I'm guessing you got Nashville? Yes, sir. Yeah, I will take Vancouver in that yeah, game. Yeah, I'm taking Vancouver. Uh, then we have St. Louis at home. Win. I'm taking that as a win, too. Yeah, that's got to be a win. Yeah, so that's I think almost yeah. that's almost another must-win game. Yeah, the Saint, Blues are such a mixed match of players. I don't even know what. what yeah, to call they, them. they'll be like, and starting a season for a team like that too, they'll be kind of like mid-identity crisis. Like they don't yeah, even know what they are. Out how to play. So you have to beat that team. <clears throat> and then we have yeah. a back-to-back where we play the New York Rangers, and I think that's where the streak ends, and I think they lose. Wait, we go out to the East Coast all the way back into Nashville and then back out to New York? No, a home game at New York. Oh, oh, St. sorry. Louis I and see, New I York see. are both okay. at home. And I was like, back-to-back. that makes no sense. Okay. Yeah, I think that's where the streak ends, and I think that's where we take our third loss of the season. Yeah, I would say New York kills us. New York just looks like such a good team. Yeah. Yeah outside of the one win against the blues i see them going back on a bit of a losing streak here shut up jake what do they play nashville Nashville comes to vancouver (laughs) yeah this is where they start a two-game losing streak a skid uh yeah i could see nashville taking that away from us for some reason um yeah, you know what? Well, last year when Nashville came at home, again, we had a multi-goal. We had, I think it was again, it was 3 nothing for the Canucks in the first period. And that was when yep. we lost in the shootout when yeah. Bo Horvat tried to deke and just lost yeah. the puck completely. Like 20 feet like away Nashville. from the net. Yeah, it always feels like yeah, Nashville like when they're six here. Of us in that game. They beat us. When Nashville's here, I think me and Jake are 2-2. Two and two. Oh, really? Yeah, because we've been going to games for the last few years. I think it's been 2-2. Two and two. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it's either... It's either two and two or three and two, but yeah. It's very close. It's even. It's even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the 10th game of the season is in San Jose, and I, that's I would a hope win. that's a win. That better be. S- San Jose could genuinely, I think they're going to surprise people with how bad they're going to be. They have absolutely nothing. No, they got nothing. And for that them. reason, I think I'm going to take this as like my wild card, and I'll say they win. <laughs> Not the two national like, games. San Jose... No, those are dead to rights. Um, this <laughs> San Jose, San Jose is just like they can't go zero and eighty two. Like they can't. They have to win some games. Yeah, they play Arizona so. at least three times. 
so in total, yeah. I have the Canucks starting off six and four, which I think is pretty realistic. I would say you're probably right. I like some somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. Like they're not going to do crazy good. I don't think they're going to do as bad as they did last time. No. But yeah, six and four would would make sense. I would not be surprised by that at all. When do you if so for those first ten games? What makes you hit the panic button? What does the record have to be? Honestly, if they lose to Philadelphia, it's just the one game, or or like what's no, the record? There, there's a collection like? of games. Yeah. Like, what's the record got to look like in those ten games? I th- honestly like if you are trying to make the playoffs, you have to go seven and three in those first ten games. I think if you go six and four, you are at least losing to some shitty teams in there. And they just can't afford to do that, especially because a lot of those teams are in their division, right? They've got San Jose. They've got Edmonton twice, yeah. right? If they beat Edmonton twice, that does so much for them. Oh, that's massive. Like so if they can start the season 2-0 and against Edmonton, they're in such a better place than... Yeah. And like if they go even if they go five and five, but two of the wins are against Edmonton, that's huge. And it's it seems stupid because like we're talking about the first two games out of an eighty-two game season, but those are both four point games, and yeah, they start the year. Those could be decision makers at the end. <clears throat> two points at the and start then of the they year. They play the, the Oilers. Same. They play the Oilers again on November sixth. They play the Oilers three times in a month. Yeah, that's like that will be very decisive on how, how that series lands. Um, anyway, one player who is talking a bit about the start of the season and how they have to do better is the guy that you guys all bug me for liking too much. And that's Brock Besser. Uh, he did, uh, an interview, uh, during their train training session the other day. And, uh, he talked about a few things. One of them what, that got kind of brought up was how last year, right before camp, he said, this has to be the year I score 30. Like, he was kind of promising that to himself and to the fans. Three days later, he broke his hand during training camp. And then he missed a chunk of time, and when he came back, he wasn't quite the same. He ended up getting 19 goals in, like, 60-something games. So, uh, this year, he joked around saying, yeah, I'm not going to promise anything this year, but he said they have to just take it every, like, one day at a time. And he was talking how he changed up his training a lot over the season. He got a new trainer. He started going to a new gym. And him and a lot of the team, again, came into camp way earlier this year because they were so appalled with how last year started. Woo. I think that's good. <laughs> it's not going to mean anything until we see it on the ice. You're he right. He could change anything he could train with McDavid. I don't care. I want to see something on the ice. I agree. I agree. I just want to watch him skate. Like, I want to see how he moves. Like, that's, Sorry, that just that's came off really been, funny. I just want to watch him skate, you know? That's always been his biggest problem, though, you know? Like, if he can work on everything he wants, but, like, if he can't skate still, like, what are we doing here? I, I think a big part of his game, too, is actually a bit of his intensity. It's just, it's not always there. Like, when he doesn't have the puck... I find that a lot of times he does end up looking lost or like he doesn't quite know where to be. If he can get that stuff sorted out and yeah, again, bring his skating up a little bit. I like, and, and he can get to that point where he's a 30 goal scorer again. I think that is the best possible thing that could happen for this team. He needs to shoot. 
I think he's got to be. He's got to have the most shots on the team this year. He'll yeah. I Every want time him to be he up touches there. the puck, he needs to shoot just to get his shot back. Do That's you, what we drafted him. That's what he needs to be used for. That's what his skill set is. Is he is a sniper? He could be a slow sniper if he can shoot and score. That's all I really care about. Do you see a reality where he could play his way onto the first line? No. I yes. see a reality where he plays down to the third line more than he plays up to the first line. Really, eh? Yeah. I think he could play on the first line. I don't see his skill set working with Kuzmenko and Pedersen. That's the only reason I don't see him on the first line. I absolutely see his skill set working on the first line with those two. <clears throat> I think I think if he because in the past I've compared Brock Besser to Philip Forsberg, and I've said that like if Brock Besser really really developed his game he could be like Philip Forsberg and I think how do you think Philip Forsberg would fit in with Kuzmenko and Pedersen? Probably pretty good, right? I think so. He's for a, me, I I think he's a better player, like a more well-rounded. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I just like I trust. I trust Pedersen. If if they those two are going down on a two on one, I want Pedersen shooting over Besser. Um, I see. I, I can't. I can't boil it down to be that simplistic. I would want Pedersen to be the threat. I would want Besser to make himself an option, and I would want Pedersen to be able to have the flexibility to either drive the net, move the puck to Besser. You know, look for Kuzmenko screaming and in, flying into the back door like. I just I think that if you make Besser more of a threat, if he makes himself more of a threat, if he makes himself more involved in the play, if he makes himself more like Marcus was saying, more intense, he makes the other players on his line better. Yeah. Because he 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 demands more attention. But but can you see that? That happening? can't happen. I can't. I, I, but I think it it literally, like Marcus was saying, Besser has been doing the things he needs to be doing to get to that point. But we won't know until we get there. So when the season starts, when the preseason starts, and we see him on the ice, if he isn't the first guy to the puck, or he isn't the first guy back, or he isn't, you know, if he isn't falling into the high slot, or if he isn't doing the exactly the things we know he needs to be doing, then he has done himself a huge disservice, and he needs a different new trainer. Because <laughs> it's it to me, it's like, it's so simple what the role this guy needs to fill in the team is, and he knows what he wants to do. They know what they need him to be. He just has to... He just has to do those things. Yeah. And, I, and and obviously, he needs to not be um, tainted with the off-ice distractions, which, again, like, not his fault. I yeah. totally understand it. I sympathize with the guy. But unfortunately, I know that, you know, he's been distracted uh, in the last few years. And I think that the best thing for Besser is going to be um, being able to focus on the game. And having all those distractions stripped away. If he can have a good season, I think those like all those trade rumors and everything will go in. I think that'll even improve his season. But that's the thing; he's got to get over that first hump for sure. And then I think the floodgates can open. Uh, and another thing is staying healthy, right? Well, like yeah, he, he healthy. has not played a full season in the <clears throat> NHL before ever. Like he, it, and it's tough to ask that of a player, that's right? Because it's not you can't really that. yeah, it's not under their control. But it's something that I think has to happen for him. He yeah. he cannot miss more than like four or five games this year. Oh, I know, I know. That's a, that's a tall order. But guess what? That's reality. Again, I'm not blaming him. I'm not saying that's his fault. But I'm saying the stars have to align for him if this is all going to work out. 
He yeah. can't he can't come in and miss 10, 15 games again. Yeah. No, that's fair. Right. And again, I can't be clear enough. That's not like a disciplinary thing I'm saying at him. It just has to happen. Right? Yeah, that's fair enough. His ice time also needs to be regimented better. Like, he needs to be on the power play. Is he playing yeah. first-line power play this year, you guys think? He I, needs to be if he isn't. I, I think he will. I think they'll at least start him there because the Canucks also know as an organization that he needs to work out, right? Trading him is the worst-case scenario. They know that, right? Their bet The best-case scenario is he gets back to his rookie form, what, where we saw his potential, right? He was our leading scorer on the power play that year. His shot was feared by most goalies in the league, if not yeah. all of them. Right, and we just haven't seen that in a while. But where where would we play him? Because we have Kuzmenko running the front. Yeah, we you you could put them on opposite points. You could try using it that way. You want to put him on the on the line or on the half wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that, that's we'll, where his we'll, he has yeah, a but, very similar. <clears throat> like we we always talk about Ovechkin's office, right? Besser's sweet spot is in that exact same spot. Yeah, but that's I would put that's where we put Miller last year, isn't it? You're right. Yeah, we do put Miller there quite a bit. So then, so let's so say you, so we got, got Kuzmenko running the front. You got Quinn Hughes on the on the line. You got Miller on one of the walls. Uh, so you got the bumper, and then you got the other side of the wall. Is Pedersen running the bumper? I I can't see him running the bumper. This might seem a bit controversial, but I You're also think it could on. it could work out. I could see Miller on the second unit. Oh, because he, here's hear me out. Hear me out. One of uh, you guys know this that I've I've always done this maybe even to a fault is I look at hockey and combinations through chemistry. That's a huge thing for me. I value chemistry over raw talent. I think that that can be more helpful. Referring back to my trade for Domi arguments, referring back to put Besser on the top line to play him with Pedersen again. That's all because of chemistry. Maybe that's just from watching the Sedins growing up. I don't know, but Miller has made it very open that one of his favorite players to play with and to watch play is actually Pod Colson. If you can get Miller and Pod Colson going on that second unit, you have Ilya Mikheyev down there. That's a bit of speed you're adding on that line too. The fourth guy, you can pick whoever you want. That could even be a Hoaglander type position. You, you, We have offensive defense now outside of Hughes. You can have Hironic running that pairing. That's a really good second unit. If Pod Colson is in the NHL for more than half the season this year, we are not making the playoffs. No, that's the wrong way to look at it. He is not. I'm, he's not ready. I'm. I'm also, unless they, unless he had a major change this offseason, he is not a top NHL or top six NHL player. That, he should not be on. I don't even like the idea of putting him on that line. That remains to be seen. Another guy, if you want someone who's been more of a fixture, is you could look at a guy like Connor Garland, right? Him and Miller have also played really yeah. well together in the past. What I'm saying is having Pedersen run that top unit and having Kuzmenko and Besser as shooting options, that's a really good trio to have up there. I wouldn't put Kuzmenko as a shooting option. I think you put him in front of the net. Yeah, I, his his specialty is tippins. I think I think you have Pedersen run the half wall. Then if you're doing that, Besser run the other half, and then in the bumper put. I, I don't even know that that could even be a something that Miller could take up. He's a strong enough skater yeah. to hang in there. 
Yeah, you could put Miller in the bumper. Right, you you can still look at it that way. I guess what I'm saying is that there is a lot of options, right? If there's one thing this team has that I think it can use to its advantage, it's offensive depth. They're actually pretty good in that department. Yeah. It's more, it, oh. our biggest problem is defense and healthy goaltending. And power play breakout. Yeah, oh my I God. I swear Dave, to God, yeah. if we still have <laughs> If I watch one more pass, drop pass, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I, I forget Alex, what it was. Wait, sorry, Jake. What? I was just gonna say that Alex mentioned that um, he needs to see Vasily Podkolz and like take a big step this year. Yes, I think that I think I would. Even if he doesn't take a big step this year, as long as he proves that he's a full time NHLer, I think that's enough for me. Just because this guy just turned twenty two, like he's still so young. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's why I, don't and think... I think he has so much potential. I just, I don't know. I, I think giving up on him this early is a little bit unfair. I don't, I don't think we give up on him. No, no. I think he still has potential to be a really good player, but he's a top six player. That's his skill set. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I misunderstood what you were saying. No, no. Yeah, no if like he's not playing in the top six, then he's, we're not doing him any. Yeah, I don't think. I, see what you're I don't see the point of not playing him. He he's a top six player. Same with. Uh, I can see using him on the third line. No, I can see it a bit more because who, he he has that size and that strength. Like he can hang but on. But that's a, not his skill set. He is a offensively minded player. You're right. And if you put him right. on the third line, you're playing him with. Uh, uh, Su- Suser, whatever his face is. <laughs> Susie? Susie. No, not Susie. I was going to say, that's a defenseman. The guy we just signed. Bluger? Teddy Bluger? No. Peter's Susie. Oh, um, uh, Pew Suter. Pew yeah, Suter. Pew Suter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. I was close. I was close. You, you were getting there. You are going to get there. Okay, so Maybe. you're playing him, uh, Pod Colson, and then what, you got Garland on there? Like, those aren't the players that you need Pod Colson playing with. Pod Colson needs to play with offensively gifted players. Yeah. Which I think you're going to find in the AHL. You're going to give them way more options, way more confidence. I don't think he was, last season, he didn't have the confidence to be playing in the top six to no. fully expand the skill set that we all know he has because he was supposed to go top three. We've seen him play really good. He's had good moments. Yeah. But it's all about that consistency and, the consistency and confidence. And I don't think he's going to get that playing in the NHL this year. I think you start him out in the AHL unless he proves something this offseason. Yeah, what, what's going to matter is training camp. Yeah. Because this is one of the first times in a long time that you've been able to look at training camp and say, there's actual positions that aren't set. Yeah. Like it used to be, it I didn't matter how good the prospects camp. performed, they weren't going to make it, right? There, there were guys like Louis Erickson and Jay Beagle who just had those spots. That's not the case anymore. A lot of those positions, it, like in the middle six and the bottom line, those are all up for grabs. So it'll depend on what they show in camp. It's, it's I, I can't wait for training camp, man. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a really good training camp. But I, I compare Pod Colson to Atu Ratu. Uh, like skill level-wise? Yeah. No. I don't Pod think Colson is, is a ways ahead of Ratu. I don't think so. I do. I do think so. I just, I don't know. I'll be I really honest, hope... I have not watched Achu Rachu play very often. I, I really couldn't make a judgment call on that. I haven't seen him play a lot, but from what I've seen from him and what I've seen from Pud Colson, like playing those two on the top, like, AHL line, I think those two could do really well together and both gain confidence from it. I think you could be right there for sure. But Again, I think it'll... I it, hope he proves me wrong. Yeah. I hope you can put him in on either that second line and he's going to flourish playing with JT Miller. But from what I saw last season, I don't think he's ready. So I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah. Um, one other thing we got to talk about is that in about a week, 
from this podcast airing, we're going to be in an interesting new situation because Tyler Myers' $5 million bonus will be paid out, meaning that for the rest of the season, if we were to trade him, he would only be a $1 million cap hit to any team that took him. So we don't have to give up like a second round pick with him. Well, see, now that's the debate <laughs> is what now would the Canucks actually benefit from trading him? Would they get something of any kind of value? Because yeah, you could just bury that guy. You leave him in the press box all year and then you're done. Yeah, yeah but I, they're not going to do that with a player like him. They just won't. You know, it's yeah, we talk about it, but they, they won't do it. He could be a I hope we trade him at like the deadline or something to a team that needs defensive depth. That's not us. I think the the problem is, like, looking at our defense, it's still quite weak. Like, other than Hughes and Heronic, we don't have a lot of talented defensemen as of right now that, that we know of. Again, we have some young guys that haven't proven themselves yet, so we don't know what they'll turn into. But, I mean, Susie is okay as a, a bottom-pairing, middle-pairing guy, I guess. There's still a big gap beside Hughes, in my opinion. And I think what the organization is worried about is that by trading Myers, as frustrating as he can be, he might still be better than other options that we have in our system. And because the organization knows we have to make the playoffs this year, I think they're they're going to be very hesitant to trade him unless they get a roster piece back that they like. I don't know. I want to see Matt Irwin on that top unit with Quinn what Hughes. <laughs> that veteran presence that we need on that top line. Uh. Yeah, I don't think Matt Irwin is the solution there. Um, that's surprising hearing what you just said about Tyler Myers just because of how much you dog him. I I do, but again, look at what we have right now. But does he help the team or hurt the team more often? It depends on where they're playing him. That That's the thing. Last year, I couldn't stand him, but that was largely because they had him playing with Ekman Larson. That was one of the worst pairings in the NHL last year. Like, bottom five. That was frustrating to watch. When he played with different players, he improved slightly in some areas. It, it's just, again, will the replacement be better, right? Because this isn't a year we can sell anymore and say, oh, we're focused on next year. They're focused on this year now. Do we get better by letting him go. Jake, what's your thoughts on that? Yes. I've been so in, intensely critical of Tyler Myers. I think he's the worst defenseman in the NHL. I think he's a net negative to the team in whatever capacity you have him in. I think getting rid of him and getting back a sack of hockey pucks is actually going to benefit the team more than anything. I think that there's no point in keeping him involved. I think that he also damages the culture of the team. And I know I've been so critical of the guy, but I want to make sure I say this too. Nothing against him personally. I'm sure he's a lovely guy, but holy shit, he cannot play hockey. He just looks out of place. He looks unbalanced. He looks nervous. He looks unprofessional. And it just didn't work out in Vancouver. It did not work out for him in Vancouver. Rip the band-aid off now. Let him leave. Maybe he can turn his career around faster than not. And you know what? If he doesn't want to leave, I would be dumbfounded. Because, yeah. like I said, it has not worked out for him. To me, it is that simple let him move on let him try again san jose is beautiful year round he's gonna love it. i don't think i could have worded that any better <laughs> give him Thank a surfboard you. send him to california exactly he's the clippers tall. need a center It'll be hell but 
be really funny if he tried surfing, but he was just too tall. Like the top of the wave just like hit his head. <laughs> just clotheslined him. You can go to the Shanghai <laughs> Sharks. No, no, it's the Kun Moon Red Star. <laughs> Wherever you want to send him. I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, one more little, I get, we'll call it a fun story, but it's interesting. We talked at the last episode about how we got some sneak peeks of the new big screen that Rogers Arena put in. Like two days after we aired that episode, they actually released everything with all the pictures and highlights. And it's the biggest in the league. It's this, it's that, whatever. It's all very impressive. Until that all came crashing down on them somewhat literally. When a few days later, and I know this is old news now, but this is our first uh, episode since this happened, they had to cancel, or sorry, they had to move a Drake concert three days into the future because the Jumbotron dangling on the roof was structurally unsound, and there was a danger of pieces falling off of it onto people below. That's just the most Canucks thing to ever happen. Like, we're going to do this big, huge improvement. We're going to make it a huge publicity thing. We're going to keep it a secret. And then we're going to do this big unveiling. And now we have to cancel a Drake concert because it might fall on someone. <laughs> and yet, somehow they were able to fix it in like 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I get a couple of two by fours. Yeah. Secure it up. <laughs> yeah. They're just gluing it together. <laughs> yeah. They said Tyler Myers just lay down up there and hold it together. <laughs> <laughs> He's just standing at center ice holding the thing up. <laughs> uh, well, I'm take this home. It's a nice little TV. <laughs> oh, Christ. Anyway, I just I just kind of found that funny. Um, that all being said, you know what I think would actually kind of be a shame would be if a piece of that Jumbotron fell off of the ceiling and made a big splash in the inbox. <laughs> My God, that seemed loud. I think I had that turned up too much. Um, I didn't even hear it. Oh, right. Yeah, lucky you. We we heard it. It was very loud. Um, <sighs> I talked a lot, so we're only going to do a couple questions here in the inbox. Uh, with the Canucks projected lineup, where do you see them finishing in the standings? That is a great question, and I hate it. <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys go first on this one. Uh, I think they finish fifth in uh, the division. Okay, so outside the playoff picture for sure. I think that they'll be fighting for the second wild card spot. Okay, okay, Jake. I don't know, man. I think we—it's pretty safe to say that Vegas and Edmonton have one, two in the division. Yes. So really, the question is—is is, are the Canucks better than LA? Nope. I think it's closer than people think, but actually, no. I'll say maybe. I'll say maybe. Yeah, you know what. I, I think LA is overrated, though. I've been saying LA is overrated for a few years. I don't think they're going to be as good as people think. I just, to me, I've said this all summer. They do not have a goaltender. Their goaltender is Cam Talbot. Like, I don't see them. If he isn't a stud, they're not occupying that third spot in the Pacific. I think I can see the Canucks sneaking in there. But that competition's going to be pretty fierce. They got to have a pretty good season. Yeah, I would agree I'm gonna with say, that. Yeah, I'm going to say that they probably finish third in the division. 
but not like comfortably. <laughs> I think it's going to be a competition, but I think they can do it. I I don't know how to wait, Alex. I don't know if you said sorry. Oh wait, no, yeah, you said yeah. Fifth. I think fifth. Okay. I think they'll be battling against Calgary for that final wild card spot. Oh, I forgot about Seattle too. Yeah, Seattle's Seattle. I think is going to be yeah. better than LA and Vancouver. What? Yeah, that's Dude. that's ridiculous. How? I think LA is going to be competing for Edmonton for the top spot. What? They're going to be up there with Edmonton. Did and you Vegas. not hear anything Jake just said? They don't even have a goalie. How are they going to win that many games? They got Cam Talbot. I think that's not a goalie. Enough. That Edmonton, is a that Edmonton is a skeleton goalie. in goalie pads. Vegas didn't Dude, have a goalie. Ottawa Edmonton doesn't have a goalie. Ottawa literally threw Cam Talbot to the side. Ottawa, a team that didn't make the playoffs last Who year. Who are you like, taking? He's not good enough. Who are you taking? Jack Campbell or Cam Talbot? Those are both awful options. But that's what I mean. But you're, but Edmonton okay, is... Okay, but who you take Connor McDavid <laughs> or Jose Kopitar? Like, okay, who are you taking? <laughs> Edmonton's off uh, core, like offensive core, or LA's offensive yes. core? Edmonton's. Oh, no. God. Eat shit, Alex. <laughs> no <laughs> shot. Yes. The whole what depth, the no whole shot. depth. Okay, so name Alex, five buddy, forwards for the LA Kings. Five somewhere. forwards. Anze Kopitar, Philip Dude, it's Kopitar. It's it's not Kopitar. Okay, Kopitar. Is that better? Yes. Check him in. Philip Deneau. Philip Deneau. Pierre-Luc Dubois. Dubois. Uh, You got... Oh, fuck. Who are the wingers? Arvidsson. Fiala. Arvidsson, Fiala. There, there's five. Okay. Connor McDavid. Yeah. Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. Nugent Hopkins, freshly off a 100-point season, by Uh the way. Um, Zach Hyman. Uh-huh. The, so far, these are all better than all of the players you you're, just named. You're taking Ryan Nugent Hopkins over any over any of those five players from LA. Maybe not Kopintar, but like that's the over Pierre Luc Dubois. Hyman, I'm not taking. Oh, I'm take. I would take Nugent Hopkins over Pierre Luc Dubois that's all crazy. day long. No, that's crazy. How many points did Pierre Luc Dubois get last season? I don't know. Like sixty. Something playing on a shit team, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins got a hundred playing with Connor McDavid. No, not with Dreisaitl. Connor McDavid playing behind them on a different line. I don't know. I I do Can know. I just sorry. I just want to interrupt, Alex. I'm not done dunking on you yet about this. <laughs> okay, so, keep going. <laughs> so I just I, I want you to maybe get a better understanding of the entirety of the Los Angeles Kings forward core. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to read off every single person that they have under contract. <laughs> Shit, buckle in, everyone. Okay. Yeah. So they have Jarrett Anderson Dolan, Victor Arvidsson, Quentin Byfield, Philip Deneau, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Samuel Fajimo, Kevin Fiala, Carl Grundstrom, Samuel Helenus, Arthur Kaliev, Adrian Kempe, Anze Kopitar, Alex Laferriere, Andre Lee, Trevor Lewis, who I just want to remind you is 36, Blake Lizio, Lizotti, uh, Tyler Madden, Mikhail Maltsev, Trevor Moore, uh, Francesco Pinelli, and Akil Thomas. That is their forward core. Yeah. I guarantee you that there are more forward cores in the NHL that are better than that are worse than that. And I fully agree. Me, and you're trying to tell me that the Edmonton Oilers, who have the best power play, who have the best top six, or somehow worse. I'm talking about like, depth, and I'm not saying I'm not saying. Sorry, did I say they were better? You said that LA was going to be 
competing with Edmonton yeah, I think for gonna be first competing. in the Pacific. I think no, they're going to be no. His question was no, no. His question was exactly this. It was, would you rather the forward core of Edmonton or the forward core of LA? Okay, let me pull like, up Edmonton Oilers core. Because also, one thing you have to consider is depth is only depth if the top end players are actually deserving of the attention that they need from the opposing team. So, like, if I have to put my best checkers on your best players, then you have to have depth. But if your best players are Adrian Kempe and Anze Kopitar, I'm not really worried about it because I know that I can use my best checkers up and down your lineup to line match. But against Edmonton, I don't have the choice. I'm actually I'm actually stuck because it's either I put them up against McDavid's line or Dreisaitl's line. So to me, like just even looking at those cores and going that LA has anything going for them above Edmonton in terms of like offensive depth, it just doesn't make sense to me because it's it's DOA. It's they have a way better top end, which means that the the players at the bottom they don't matter as much in, in the grand scheme. Of I will I will one hundred percent agree with you. The top five, if you want to call it, for Edmonton is a lot better than the LA. But if you're taking into the account the whole for all the forwards playing. You can't disagree that, like, Edmonton's bottom half is not, like, brings their top six down as a whole forward core. Where you look at LA, their forward core top six is not as good as Edmonton's top six. But their bottom, but six, their is bottom six is so See, much better. I, I don't think it's Edmonton's, enough to close the gap. And it brings it up. Close. But you know what? I actually kind of disagree. I think that Edmonton's bottom six is definitely competitive like i'm not going to say their league's better than la's bottom six but like they do have some grit they have some players who had decent seasons last year but again like their role isn't to produce it's to be checking lines right it's to be penalty killers like they have players like matthias yanmark and dylan holloway and ryan mcleod or these guys that can really grind it out Derek ryan's another good example like they have players in their bottom six where it's like their role is to not get scored on until mcdavid gets back on the ice and like I think that they can do that. <laughs> so they fulfill their team's needs so much more than what LA's bottom six does for them because you're right, LA's bottom six has to continue to produce, whereas Edmonton's just has to be that like shut down, lockdown line. Wow, I got really passionate about yeah, that. Yeah, you really did. <laughs> I, I heard that. That was awesome. Yeah. I, I, I didn't come with receipts. I just came with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's just that like I think that Edmonton is such a strong team and it, it's disheartening because when you look at them on the ice, they are such a good team, but they absolutely fold when you look in net, which sucks because, like, I think they would be a really cool team to see go all the way because obviously Edmonton's had a rough past the last 10, 20 years in the NHL, right? It would be cool to see them have successes, but until I could still, they can get that goaltending situation figured out, it's not going to happen. I totally, I still see them. I think they'll be competing for the top. Like, okay, so if I, if I had to explain it, I'm going to explain it this way. I think Edmonton and LA can both be competing for the top of the West slash Pacific. Edmonton has a better chance. I think they're still a better team. I think they have a better chance of competing for the like top of the league for the president's trophy. I don't see LA competing for the president's trophy. Right. That makes no, sense. not at all. Like, but not however, I could see LA being a better playoff team though. Yeah, I could see like, that, they, but I could, I like at their, at their mediums, I see them both 
competing for the top of the Pacific. Okay. Them and Vegas, I think, are going to be the top three for the Pacific. I think it's important that we revisit the context of this, where it's like we're talking about this relative to how the Canucks are going to do next season. Yeah. So to bring this kind of like full circle, even though we've been comparing those two teams a lot, how do you think that the Canucks stack up against them? I don't think there is. I think they're closer to L.A. than you think they are. Who's closer to L.A.? Calgary or Vancouver? I think Vancouver. See, yeah, I, To me, Calgary is just such a shit show right now that like they have so much to get figured out before they can even start to be competitive. But who knows? I mean, stranger things have happened. Maybe they can figure their shit out by October, but I doubt it. Because like... They they just got these two brand new pieces last year. Like they were a brand new team last year. They were. They've had a full season to get new. I don't like in my head, the Pacific Division, I think those three teams, LA, Vegas, Edmonton, are in their own tier. And then I see Calgary and Vancouver in a tier. And, we're and then maybe Seattle's in that tier. I think Seattle might be in their own tier, just a little bit below. Ooh, I disagree. Did you see them in the playoffs last year, man? I think it was just a like a I like don't know. Vegas. I, I think they're still... Well, look at Vegas. They like, made the playoffs no, no, five like, out of six like years. This was just existed. like a Cinderella run. Okay, I, I see what you mean. I still think that they'll carry some of that into this year. I think that this... If I had to really predict this, I think Edmonton likely takes the division. I would say it's a toss-up between them and Vegas. Now, I don't really have L.A. necessarily coming in next. This is where I think it's either Seattle or Vancouver. Maybe L.A. in you that You think group. that they could get a divisional spot? I think that Seattle could, yes. Huh. And then I have kind of L.A., Calgary, and Vancouver. More L.A. and Vancouver, though, duking it out for that fourth spot. Oh, so you don't even have L.A. competing? I, I do, but not as much. See, that's crazy. I don't know. That's crazy to me because... The two I, hardest teams that Edmonton played in the playoffs last season were LA and Vegas. Right. So that, again, I have Ed, Vegas and Edmonton right at the top. Those could be but one, two. LA literally gave Edmonton a run for their money. They did in the playoffs, not in the regular season. Yeah. So regular season, I, w- I would say, yeah, probably Edmonton and Vegas at the top, followed by likely Seattle. And then I think Vancouver, Seattle, or sorry, Vancouver and LA would fight for that fourth spot. So not Calgary anymore. <sighs> Shit, who do I keep? Yeah, yeah. So, so Cal- LA, Calgary, Vancouver fighting for that last wild card. Yeah, but I, I think it would be more LA and Vancouver fighting, and Calgary is kind of like, there's less of a chance. So we're in agreement based off the question, because we've gotten way far from the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, at least me and Marcus, both have the Canucks competing for the last wild card spot. Yeah, in that wild card spot for sure. Okay, for Jake, sure. what about you? Um, I I have a tough time saying that I think Calgary could be in the running only because, and I kind of want to go back on what we were talking about there a little bit about Calgary being able to put the pieces together this year. Um. So we talked about how Kadri and uh, Uyghur and Huberto all came in last year and couldn't really get it figured out, but given time, maybe they will. I just want to remind you that this offseason, they lost Lucic, Stone, Lewis, and Richie, who I guess was at the uh, trade deadline, and to Foley. Wait, did you and say they lost were- Lucic? Yeah. 
Well, they uh, might as yes. well not even play this year then. But you guys are missing the well, biggest thing is they also on, lost. Yeah. They so sorry. What were you gonna say, Alex? They lost. They lost Daryl Sutter. Oh, uh, yeah. Which I, I think no, is so the biggest that, yeah. improvement for that team, and they Probably. also they have a new GM, they have a new coach. Yeah. Um. But again, like to me though, looking at the offseason transactions, like the only players they brought in were uh, Jordan Osterley and Yegor Sharangovich. Who's an absolute stud. <laughs> you, you know what, though, too? They also have, um, what's the guy's name? Wolf? Jared Sharangovich had 11 points last year. No, the their, their Wolf, yeah. goalie from the AHL. He's yeah. probably going to get oh, some Wolf. NHL time. Yeah, he'll be backing up Markstrom. Some people are saying he could even take over the crease from him if things go right. I mean, it's definitely not the worst backup plan, but I could also see Marks from having a bounce back season. Right, but either way, the, even their backup plan is a good goalie now. Yeah, yeah. So they they have a good tandem in net. Yeah. The Canucks don't really know if they do because Demko's great when he's healthy. Yeah. Silovs has had a great season in the AHL and internationally, but we don't know how he'll do at the NHL level yet. Yeah. And then Spencer well, Martin is it's so far not proving to be the best backup. And did did they have another goalie in the rotation? I thought there was four. Uh, yeah, they brought in another guy who's more than likely going to be the third or fourth stringer. Even that that's going to be one of our AHL guys. I can't even mm. think of his name right now. Sorry, I was thinking of Colin Delia. Oh yeah, no, Delia. Isn't I've, he in Florida now? Yeah, we he is gone. He's not yeah. with the organization anymore. I yeah, forget like where Ottawa, okay. or Florida, or something. Yeah. So so where do you have the Canucks lining up, or where do you think they're gonna? be competing with in what spot? To Jake. So are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and Marcus I, have both said that I, they're kind of competing wild card. I said third in the division. You think they're a division spot? Yeah, so I said that I think it's going to be very, very close, but sure, I'll say they, they take third in the division. I say they beat out Seattle and they beat out LA. And this is finally the year they get all their ducks in a row. Because, like, I've been saying this for a long time, too. I think that the Canucks have the means to be a good playoff team. They just never get there. <laughs> like, I think in 2020, we had the opportunity to see that they could actually make a dent in the playoffs, right? They beat the defending Stanley Cup champions, and then they took the eventual 2023 Stanley Cup champions to seven games. Like, they have the chops to be a good playoff team. It just sucks that, like, they can't get their ducks in a row for 82 games to get them there. Okay, no. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. That kind of still goes along with this question. Yeah. Um, where would you rather see the Canucks finish? In that third division spot. So they play probably Vegas. Mm-hmm. In the first wild card, where they'll probably play Dallas. Or the second wild card, where they probably play Edmonton. Oh, man. Those all sound so awful. Um but those, those would be the three options. Right? Um, yeah, that's kind of what I assume. Here, here's the thing. Regardless of where other teams end up, yeah. Playing Edmonton in the playoffs would just be exciting. That would just be so entertaining. Like, win or lose, that would be a fun series. Those are two teams that really thrive off of high-octane offense and questionable defense, which means there's going to be a lot of fucking goals. And actually, I would almost, like in a playoff setting... I would almost even give Vancouver the advantage in net. So I think that there's a better chance than some people think. However, playoff McDavid is genuinely the most terrifying figure in all of sports. So I don't know if I like their chances, but it would be exciting. 
Vegas, I feel like, would just shit stomp us. Yeah, Vegas would be my least favorite option. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> and then Dallas, I think, is a team that people just forget about because they're kind of a Midwestern Central Division team that, like, people in the on either coast don't really pay yeah. enough attention to. But they are sneaky good, man. Yeah, they're poised to go on a really good run this season. This, this, I know this will sound crazy to most of the fans listening to this that are Vancouver-based. I think the Canucks' best chance to win would be against Edmonton out of those three teams, out of Vegas, Dallas, and Edmonton. Simply because I think Vegas and Dallas are better built as playoff teams, not regular season teams. Edmonton is kind of a blueprint regular season team. That that yeah. might be a tough take, but it, I'm gonna no, stick with that. I, I think I think Dallas is definitely more suited for the playoffs than the regular season. But it's hard to be like, yeah, I want to play McDavid in the first round. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. That's what you. Yeah, again, McDavid with Drysital and Nugent yeah. Hopkins and Zach Hyman. Like it, it, they have such a good top six. It's again, it's just terrifying. Jake, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Like, I I agree with most of what you guys said. I think that the thing that scares me about Dallas is that I don't think that the Canucks would be able to keep up with their physicality. Yeah. And in the yeah. playoffs, that's, that's a big part of it. I think Vegas, they're just completely outmatched in nearly every capacity. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really hate to say it, but I don't really have much to add. I just kind of agree. Nice. I, Look at that. Look at that. I got Jake on my side for that one. You got me on your side, too. <laughs> wow. Look, I must be just the smartest guy here. Well, we should probably go to break before it <laughs> yeah. starts ruining it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, stick around on the other side. We have tons of news from around the NHL, plus a goof of the week. And make sure to stick around during the break for trivia. What team won the first, or was the first to win back-to-back cups? The first ever team to win back-to-back cups? Yeah. I would have to guess the Montreal Canadiens. Nope. The Cleveland Barons. Nope. Does this franchise still exist? Yep. Bruins? Toronto Maple Leafs. Nope and nope. The Rangers. The Detroit nope. Red Wings. Nope. Chicago Blackhawks. Nope. That's all the original six teams. That's not an original six team. But they still oh, exist. wait a minute. Is it the Ottawa Senators? Yeah. How do you know that? Because the Vancouver Millionaires? Yeah. Yeah. Thought so. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Uh, which forward led in hits last season? Which forward? forward in the NHL had the most hits? Yeah. Mm. Forward that had a lot of hits. Also Austin led, Matthews. No. Also led, I think, forwards in penalty minutes. Yep. Yeah. Corey Perry. Nope. Oh, wait. Uh, this was 2021-2022. Oh, it's old. Uh, 
Oh, uh, that one was way before. Oh, he led still. Oh, he didn't. Okay, who was second? <laughs> it's the second in hits? Yeah. Okay, who was first then? Give us that. Uh, Matt Martin. Oh. First or second in hits last year. Yes. First was Matt Martin. Like, just trying to think of dudes that throw their weight around a lot. Ovechkin? Nope. Oh, um, Tom Wilson. Oh, he, he was third. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who was second? Sorry. Matt Martin was second. Jake McBain was third. Or first. Don't think I know who that is. Jack McBain. Doesn't help. I'm over here. Oh. That's when I do the camera. You know, my phone, but it seems to work. So I don't know if it's my phone or just unplugging and plugging back in. Okay, cool. Blake Wheeler? Thank you. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like forwards that throw their body around a lot. Is Brent Burns a defenseman right now? He is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Joe Thornton still retired? Yes. Okay. Um. Oh, I wonder if it's someone like from the. Oh fuck. What, they're fourth? <laughs> oh, my fucking... Dude, get a new website. This is not working for you. Well, no, because it, it was showing defensemen and forwards, and I thought they were all defensemen. Who was third? Okay, Nick Delorier's first. <clears throat> then Jack, Matt Martin. Jack McBain, Matt Martin, and then this player. But he also led the forwards last season. Okay. Evander Kane. No. That's a good guess, though. It's not going to be JT Miller. He's waiting for you to answer, Alex. That's not JT. Okay. Um, he played for two different teams in the past two seasons. If that helps. Hot Maroon? Nope. That's a good guess, though. Zach Cassia? No, he played for Arizona for two years now. Yeah, and has missed a lot of games. I think it's just one year. Yeah. Or is it two? No, it's just one year that he's been down there. Hmm. It's actually a really crazy stat. Is it like a player we know? Yeah. Are they like on the younger side or the older side? Uh, they're on the younger side. So like in their 20s? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Think so. I don't know how old this person is. I know they were older as a rookie. I don't know how old though. Artemi Panarin. Uh, no. Kaprizov. No. You're thinking of like superstars. I'm thinking of guys that were old when they were rookies. Let me see how old he was when he was a rookie. Nineteen. <laughs> he was twenty-four. <laughs> okay, I believe. Shit, I like. Mark I feel Stone. like I'm. I'm not getting no. close. Mark Stone. Nope. Fuck. That was a good guess. I have a, oh, I'm trying to think of like a hint because I have one in my head, but it would just it would give it away. Uh, <clears throat> um. Oh. Um. 
What's his nuts? It's not what's his nuts. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I know, I know who I'm thinking of, though. I do not. I do. And I don't want to even say the team, because I know if I do, then Jake will get it before I do. I just got to sit here and wrestle we can with together myself. together on this if you want to help. Like we can help each other okay, out. but we split it 50-50 if I'm right. Okay. The guy from Toronto that was playing with Marner and Matthews. Oh, <laughs> Matthew Nyes? No, no, no. Uh, before him, um, Bunting. No, not Bunting. Fuck! I was very proud of that guess. He was an old rookie that seems like he would hit a lot of people. Uh-uh. This player was undrafted. And he played for two different teams. Fuck! That was such a good guess. Arvidsson? Has he ever? Never mind. Um, fuck. Oh, I was. Give so... us the division. Yeah. Uh, the division was. Well, you said it was two different teams. Was it the same yeah. division or two different divisions? Two different divisions. Okay. <clears throat> what were they? Uh, I'll give you the division of the team that he's on now. Uh. Okay. Has he played a game for this team? Yes. He is currently playing in the Atlantic Division. Actually, is a very crazy stat. So it's someone we know, but not someone we're going to think of. That's incredibly annoying. Thank you for this. It's a pretty good trivia question. Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux. Claude Giroux? No. No. You know he's in his 30s. Um Tyler Mott. No. Fuck. You're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. That's her name. Don't wear it out. Man, we got to sign this guy to a 6x6. Six six. Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. Welcome back to the second half of the show. Hope you guys enjoyed the break. Hope you're all just as confused about that trivia as we are, because me and Jake have <laughs> not even a clue where this is going. So frustrated. <laughs> me too. Speaking of things that are frustrating and involve Jake, I think it is time to hear Jake's goof of the week. What a goof! That's right. Welcome to the biggest goof of the week. This is my part of the show, my segment where I go to find a story that involves a player, coach, team, organization, whatever, what have you. Bring up a story with the guys, maybe chat about it. And this week, ooh, nine seventy five. Bullshit! You weren't timing me. <laughs> no, we were. I'm I sorry. was going to say. Why did you keep it realistic? Um. So this week we are going to the world. You know, I'll have you guys guess. It is one of the major four sports in North America. Basketball. Okay. Um, Alex, what are you guessing? I'll go football. One of you is correct. It's me. Basketball. It is. It is. It's basketball. Yes, I Believe knew it. it or not, we, we have some basketball news this week. So, um, referee Eric Lewis retires amid NBA investigation. So, yeah. What was he being investigated um, for? Take a wild guess. Okay, 
if if it's betting on games that he was officiating, I would lose it. I would. I feel like I would have seen that. So I don't think it's that because I haven't heard about this. But that seems like the only thing, unless it's something really bad. So I'll, I'll go with betting too. Okay, so the the investigation wasn't finished because he retired. They um they closed the investigation. So that's it's just bullshit. Like, yeah, it'll never actually be determined on whether or not he's guilty of what they were alleging him on. But to me, retiring amid an investigation is an admission of guilt. So yeah. I want to say that, like, you know, what he's being accused of, he did. But basically, it sounds like all he did was comment on games that he was officiating without the league's permission. What do you mean comment on so the story basically says the investigation sought to determine if lewis violated league rules by discussing officiating in an unauthorized manner lewis was alleged to have used a since deleted account under the name blair cutliffe that's sorry that's one more piece of the story i forgot to mention so he was basically going on twitter and commenting about games that he was officiating under the alias blair cutliffe Oh, I don't see what's yes. so wrong with that. Wait, for, first of all, before I, I want to touch on what you just said, Alex, but I have to say every controversy gets just to me instantly juicier and tastier when you add and one of them had a burner account that always <laughs> just amplifies it so much for me. That's like, ooh, yeah. what did you want to say so badly but couldn't say as yourself that you went to the trouble of making an account to do this from. But I, I'm kind of a little bit with Alex on here. Again, I don't know what the comments were, but I'm, I'm surprised that there is a rule against that. Well, yeah, what if you just had a burner account? I was like, wow, that ref made such a good call there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> He's just tearing himself down. He makes like a horrible call against LeBron James. Yeah. Goes on that account. He's like, look, I'm LeBron's biggest fan, but that was the right call. <laughs> Start cheering for the other referees. <laughs> yeah. Man, that must suck working with that guy. <laughs> okay, so what what was it? Does it say? Uh, that's all the information I have on the story. Uh, okay. I, yeah, yeah, I kind of wonder what the, like, I guess they're just, I kind of get it, but I kind of don't. Like, everyone knows that you're not allowed to ask the refs questions, like, from the media after a game. Like, I don't think in any sport the refs actually talk to the media at all. Or umps, if you're a baseball person. But for them to, like, go out on their own and start commenting, I guess it's just because then you could get other refs in trouble, maybe, if you're like, well, this is my opinion. And they're like, oh, but that's not what that ref did or said yeah. or whatever. Then maybe it just creates problems that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, though. I don't actually know what the issue with that is. But that's better than betting. I was going to say that, like, that I would yeah, get. Yeah, if yeah. he's like, yeah, I bet that the Cavs are going to lose this one. And yeah. then it's just like every time they touch the ball, they're getting a foul. Well, yeah, you can like, bet, like, over fouls on, like, certain players. Just like, Can you really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If a ref could do that, you're tripling your salary yeah. right there. Just, I think I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of goofy. That that is a that is a very goofy goof. Yeah, to me it's just like an interesting kind of like weird story. But oh well. before we move on from basketball, Canada's going to the Olympics next Olympics. I yes, heard sir. about that. That's super exciting. Let's go! And they're in the semis for the uh, FIBA World Cup right now. I think it's called the FIBA. Even better. 
don't know, but they just beat Slovenia, who has Luka Doncic, who's one of the not one of, if not the second best or best player you could argue in the NBA right now. Really? Yeah. I think I think a lot of people would say he's the best player. It'd be between wow. him and Jokic and yeah. Giannis, those top three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think most people consider Giannis the best, but I think there's definitely an argument to be made for Luka Doncic. Yeah. He's better he's a better all around player. I, I would be excited to watch that. I mean, I've never seen Canada in basketball in the Olympics before, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know how long it's been since they've made it. I also don't usually watch basketball in the Olympics because it's kind of just waiting for them to hand the gold medal yeah. to the USA. Well, I mean, Canada has a really good team. And there's a lot of really good European players, especially with this tournament, because not the top American players go. It's oh, usually like the B, some A but like mainly like the B players go. Really? Yeah. Is it just do they keep the season running like during like, the Olympics or something? Uh, no, it would be like uh what's the tournament for when players get eliminated in the NHL in the playoffs? Oh, the, the World Championship. Yeah, I would kind of consider it like that. Oh. Like it's not like the top tier guys go. That's weird though because it's the Olympics. Yeah. Well, no, it's not the Olympics. This is like oh no sorry is, I I yeah. was referring to oh, the yeah. Olympics like watching yeah, Olympics, them the in best, the Olympics the best the best go yeah but this tournament specifically for the American team usually the top guys don't go but for all the other countries it seems like majority of them go I'm almost surprised that it is an Olympic sport just because it does seem so American dominant yeah it is like very that'd be like putting football in the Olympics like it's just gonna be the USA yeah. Versus maybe like two other countries that are both just going to get slaughtered. Yeah, no. For depth wise, it's it's all America. Do you guys know what FIBA stands for? Um, Federation of International Basketball Ass- Association. <laughs> You're actually so close; it's not even funny. So it stands for the International Basketball Federation. Where does that in French? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is this like how on the Montreal Canadian sweater the NHL logo actually reads LNH? Yeah, kinda. Oh, it's just all backwards and twisted because it's French. Yeah, yeah. So it's literally just the International Basketball Federation, but translated to French. So it's like flipped. Stupid hmm. French people. Yeah, why do the French have control over what the basketball the international <laughs> league is named? Why, why? How did that become? How in, in all the wars they've won and lost? How did they get that one? Hold on, is that why FIFA is called FIFA? Um, yeah, it's Federation of International Association. Okay. You, know you forgot the whole football part. All oh, right, <laughs> the, the whole hang sport. On, hang on, hang on. <laughs> No, Federal International Football Association, but in French. Yeah, Alex is correct. So if it's in French, they just add an F into the front. <laughs> the French International Football Association. <laughs> no, it's not the French. <laughs> is it Mont French? No. So all basically all you do in French is you just swap the words around. So instead of International Federation, it's Federation International. It's probably International. It's French. It is, yeah. Okay, I knew it. I knew it. Okay, that's. I'm glad I got okay, that. Let's one. let's get to hockey. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, we had a couple signings over 
the past two weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. We can talk oh, about some of the big no. ones. Oh. What? <sighs> Jake, I feel like whatever you're sighing about is not what we we're about. We already talked to. about the Matthews, if that's what you're saying. What? No, I just know there's one coming up that I don't want to talk about. Jake Sanderson? Yeah. Is it because you, you thought that you were the, the best Jake team. hockey player? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just jealous. <laughs> well, yeah. Why did you sign about sigh about Jake Sanderson? Because I really wanted him to sign like a team friendly deal. Because uh, like he's good, but he's not amazing. And an eight by eight is like a lot of money, and like it's not a bridge deal. You know, it's not a prove me contract. It is a full blown elite starting defenseman contract yeah. and it's just like it's just i don't know it really took the air out of my lungs because i thought that they could possibly sign this guy for like long term and just have him on a steal of a contract think but, of, nope. think about it this way though they I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try to bounce this back to you when we signed quinn hughes to his contract which i think was six years at like 7.75 mil or something yeah, it was seven something. Yeah, that was considered like, whoa, that is a big contract for a really young player coming off his ELC. Like, that's really big, right? Mm-hmm. Now look at that contract. We have him on that for four more years, making less than $8 million. Yeah, but that is a very good deal. This guy played one season. Well, on right. the Canucks, it's a good deal, but. Anywhere, that's a good deal. Quinn Hughes making under $8 million for the next four years, any team takes that in a heartbeat. What I'm saying is with Sanderson, you're kind of in the same spot. He's only 21 years old, right? Yeah, that's signed long-term, and it's a gamble, but if that pays off, it's not just a decent contract. It could look like a steal as the cap goes up. I feel like it's going to take a lot. There's a lot more... Or I feel like there's more. It's more likely to look like a bad contract than it is a good contract. Uh, he's he's got he's got to do a lot to prove himself. Yeah, there's a know? very like small he, he sample be, size. Yeah, and he's also on a team with Chikrin and Shabbat, so he's not even. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's a he's the third best defenseman on his team, making eight million. Like, that's a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> Yeah, and for a team that's gonna be competing for the next couple of years, if he's not producing like an eight million dollar player, he is gonna feel it. Yeah, no, that that's true. It, it this does put a lot of pressure on a young kid. But again, he was probably saying, right, pay me or don't pay me. Someone else will. Right? They, yeah. I, I think it's better to have him long term. Then if he excels for the next three years, maybe you have him signed to four or five million or even six, then you got to re-sign him in his prime, right? Then that becomes even more expensive and then he'll want a max term deal for sure. This could work out very well for Ottawa, in my opinion. Could. I don't know if it will, but it definitely has a chance to. I, I guess all I'm saying is I wouldn't be too upset about it. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. They just—they have a lot of young guys signed to big money, so it makes me a little bit nervous if they don't pan out. But we'll see. I'm a, I'm a big Ottawa fan, so I hope they get it figured out. Well, speaking of Ottawa, an Ottawa legend has retired today. <laughs> Michael Del Sato has finally hung them up. 
<clears throat> he's only 33, too. I always thought he was like a fair bit older than that. You know what? He's also a, get this, he's an Ottawa legend. He is a Vancouver legend. He is a St. Louis legend. And he is a Nashville Predators legend. And he might have even played in Calgary. Too. I was going to say, did he not play for the Flames no. ever? You guys want to name all the teams he played for? You got three now. Holy fuck. Wait, I thought I got four. Um. Okay, he was with the Rangers. Yeah. The Flyers. Yeah. The Preds. Yeah. The Canucks. Yeah. Ducks. Yeah. Blues. Yeah. And Sens. One more. The Flames. Nope. Oh, fuck. He played with Good Branson in Columbus. He did. Hey. <laughs> that is all the teams he played for. 736 games in total. Holy shit. This guy is like, I feel like without him, Puck, Duke, Puck Doku would be a lot harder. <laughs> him and Yager. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh. did he play for them? Probably. So do you guys want to hear kind of a, like, I don't know. I don't really have a full story about Michael Delgado, but I, I know. <laughs> I would hope not. I want, <laughs> I want to hear whatever you have, Jake. Yeah. What do you have so, about Michael Delzato? So my sister grew up um, playing hockey, and one of the girls on her team ended up getting a job at the sports bar at Rogers Arena. Oh. And after games, the Canucks would, like, go up to the sports bar, and they'd have drinks, hang out, hang out with the servers, whatever. And hang out I with guess, the servers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Anyway, I guess Michael Delzato had a rep for being the biggest dog on the team. <laughs> no way, this guy was a dog. He was a dog. Really, man. eh? Yeah. <laughs> Probably because he's a DJ. That's that's a little bit surprising, actually. I always thought it would be more like the younger guys that would be like, you know, hey, what's going on? But like... Michael Delzato would not have guessed that yeah. one. Oh yeah, interesting. Got that there. dog in him. Did your sister's friend share any other details about Michael Delzato? Uh, none that I can bring up on this podcast. <laughs> ne- never, never brought the dog home. Yeah, that'll, that'll be in the after hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I, I got to talk about uh, one other ex Canuck here too. Bruce Boudreaux back in the news. Uh, He has signed as a senior advisor with the Niagara Ice Dogs of the OHL. Oh, cool. So good for Bruce. My buddy used to work for them. Sorry? My buddy used to work for uh, the Niagara Ice Dogs. Really? What did he do? He did community outreach. So, like, they would set up, like, pop-up booths all over the city to try to get people interested in going to games. Oh, that's That's cool. cool. Yeah, Yeah. I I see the Abbotsford Canucks do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that's very cool. Well, now I, I guess uh, Boudreaux would be that guy's boss now. So yeah, probably. He's a senior advisor. He just advises them which Tim Hortons to go to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. It seems like something he'd do. Okay. Is, is that everything that you got? Because I got something. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Oh, I got a question. Here, what do you got? This is this is gonna kind of turn in. This is gonna be my thought for the episode as well. This is your thought? Yes. Okay. We really pared down Alex's thoughts here. Yeah. Uh, so there's. I feel like a lot of teams that have a lot of pressure on them this coming season. Oh yeah. Yes. What coach 
do you think is in the hottest seat going into the season? If you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said Sheldon Keefe. And then out of nowhere, they signed him to a multi-year extension. Yeah. Which I guess doesn't necessarily mean he's safe, but it seems more likely that he is. But I don't know. I guess with him getting through to the second round, there's kind of like, okay, he did the impossible already. But which coach is going to like face the most pressure? I would say, honestly, maybe even Woodcroft, Edmonton's coach. Yeah, I could see that. Just they because they've the finals. Yeah, they've been in the second, third round a lot in the last few years. They they need to push through. Like they only have McDavid and Drysaitel locked up for so long. That is their window. It could even be shorter if one of them decides, "Hey, this isn't working," right? The GM will sacrifice the coach 10 times out of 10 before he sacrifices himself. I would say it, it could be Woodcroft. I could see that. Jake, what about you? Um, I'm thinking between two. I think my first one is going to be uh, Dean Evison. Yep. I've, I've brought him up as being my um, Jack, Jack Adams award potential winner every year for like since we started doing the podcast right and that team has just it's funny they don't overwhelm they don't underwhelm they just minnesota wild and so if they don't produce more than just the median amount he he could find himself on the hot seat um and then the other one i think might be don granado um who is the coach of the buffalo sabers i just think oh that's a good one those were two of my picks yeah yeah, they just they have a real opportunity this year to kind of finally break through and be that contender or playoff mainstay that we thought they could end up being yeah. for a long time. So, yeah, he'd be my other pick. I'm going to throw one out there, and it's going to sound horrible when I say this, but you got to think about it. Rod Brendamore. Oh, I I can't get on that train, man. Carolina I don't know. I can't get over the hump. What hump? The third round? Yeah. Same with Ed, the whole Edmonton with Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, but they've been they've been on that bubble so often and they have the team to get there, but they haven't, so they got to switch something up. You <sighs> are right. Like I hate it. I don't, I don't like it, but I can see it happening. The, th- the difference is, I feel like with Edmonton, the expectations are just higher because of who they have on their roster, right? Carolina is a very, very good team that performs very well in the playoffs. Who do you think is a better team? Uh, Carolina, I That's would say. That's what I mean. But they're also in a much tougher division. I would argue they typically play much tougher opponents yeah. in the playoffs. There's a little bit more leeway there. I just, for a guy that's that well-respected around the league and by that fan base, because you got to remember, he hoisted one of their first, yeah. Stan- or their first Stanley Cup. But I, could, I, I think <clears throat> it's going to take a lot for him to lose his job. I could see it being kind of like a Paul Maurice in Winnipeg situation where it was just what he was saying was falling on deaf ears. It wasn't working out. And yeah. he, he, let's like, let's say Broadbent... <laughs> Rod Brindamore does leave 
He's getting a job right away. Like, there's no doubt in my mind oh, that he would get a job. It, look, I have nothing against Tockett, but if Brendan Moore's on the market, like, <clears throat> yeah. the Canucks better throw everything at trying to bring but that guy here. Maybe it's just not working in Carolina, or it's worked to a point. Yeah. And now they need somebody else to get them to the next point. That could be true. Like I said, Jake took my first two picks, so this right, is, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of reaching, but I could also still see it. I like it. I, it is controversial, yeah. but like I can see your points. Yeah. I, I, I do get I have, that. I have another one. <clears throat> okay. Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh is in such a weird situation. It's, here's the thing, though. In Pittsburgh... I think you're kind of beyond blaming the coach. You have right? the oldest roster in the league. Admittedly, some good players, yeah. and that's why they don't suck. But, like, that's not a Stanley Cup caliber team anymore. It's not, but they're getting players like they think they are. Like, why did they get Eric Carlson? Because they want to give Sidney Crosby a decent finish to his career. They don't want him to go out like the <clears throat> Sedins, missing the playoffs six out of seven years and then dwindling at the bottom while he tries to teach young guys what to do. Yeah. They want him to keep winning and keep appearing in the playoffs, right? And I would argue that he's he's brought that team three Stanley Cups. Sidney Crosby, I mean. The fans want to give him that. He, he has given Pittsburgh everything you could ask of him. They're not saying, oh, trade, trade Crosby, tear it down and rebuild now. They're perfectly contempt. To they they remember their Stanley Cups. They were very recent. Let's ride this out as long as we possibly can. So I, I, I don't think he is someone who is in danger. They would have to drastically bottom out, I think, for, for his job to be in danger. Okay. It's, that's, that's, just, that's just me. That's just me. <clears throat> oh, I would argue, um, I forget now who's coaching Chicago this year. Because if Bedard comes out and just goes, yeah, I don't like that coach, gone. It's the fastest <laughs> firing you've ever seen in your life. Okay, uh, we'll stick on coaches. There's a lot of new coaches starting this year. Okay, who? How do I word it? Who are you guys most excited to see? Talk it. So talk it's not new. He's pretty new. No, I'm going like this is their first season. Oh, first so you got. Season. Greg Cronin from Anaheim. Okay. Uh, Ryan Huska for the Calgary Flames. Mike Babcock for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, I forgot about that. Fuck, I'm, that's the one. Andrew Brunette for Nashville. Yeah, buddy. Peter Laviolette on the New York Rangers. And Spencer Carberry for the Washington Capitals. I think... I kind of think Laviolette for the Rangers could be really interesting. I think it's between Laviolette and Mike Babcock. Yeah. But I think that's more Columbus I'm excited for. Where Peter Laviolette, like, I want to see what he can do with the Rangers. Right. Can you imagine Columbus within just a couple of years going from John Tortorella to Mike Babcock yeah. and having to play hockey in Columbus? That must just <laughs> suck so bad. Imagine being Patrick Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Liney is ready to move back to Finland. <laughs> uh, I'm also I'm also pretty excited for Andrew Brunette on Nashville, just to see what he does with that team. I'm honestly more interested to see what Trotz does as yeah, a, just um, that whole as a G yeah. like that. 
It's weird to say this, and and if it wasn't recorded, I'd I'd deny I ever did. I'm kind of excited to see what Nashville does yeah. over the next like three to four years. They're going to be a fun team to kind of follow. They're going to be interesting. Because, again, they are kind of middle of the pack right now. It seems like last year they almost kind of couldn't decide if they were buying or selling. They're kind of like a... a oh, they were selling. Jake, don't take offense to this. They're kind of like a worse version of Dallas. With their old players and their young players. How they kind of have these younger players, but they still have these vets on their team and these older players. Yeah, there's this kind of middle area that <laughs> yeah. needs to get filled. They don't really have a lot of guys in their prime. Okay, hold on. Name two old players in the Preds. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty old, yeah. Yeah. Um, Philip Forsberg's got to be up there now. Roman Yossi. He is. So, Philip Forsberg is, I believe, 29. And oh. Roman Yossi is, I believe, 32. Pretty old. 32, so, is, 32 is almost, that's teetering on old. Yeah. Okay. I just I I I don't think so. I think that those players are both in their primes. But. Okay. How old is UC Saros? Oh, he's like twenty six or twenty seven. How tall is he? You're older than me. <laughs> two six, two seven. <laughs> uh, okay. Maybe he'll grow with age. Um, <laughs> you never know. He's just gonna—he's getting into his prime right now. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's about to hit his prime. Um, he honestly, honestly, and I—I I know we've talked about this before, and I don't want to open the whole can of worms again. UC Sorrows, I genuinely think, is one of the biggest <sighs> trade chips oh, in the easy. entire NHL over the next two, three years. He could probably get one of the biggest returns. I—I for- I know, I know, Jake. You don't like looking at it this way. Trading him could genuinely change the entire trajectory of your franchise from being a playoff contender to being a cup contender in the next four to five years Easily. with the haul that if, that guy would bring Easily. in. If Askarov pans out. It's always if someone pans out, though, right? It's if the prospects or picks you get in return for him pan out. It's if you make the right trades. But with every team, it's an if. They would give you the chips, to be a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, if you play them you right. So? Yeah. If you okay, I so totally then, so think then, so. So then you guys think that UC Soros is would be traded to a team that is outside the playoffs. Not necessarily. I think yeah, just I in the well, sheer then, quantity yeah. of pieces you get back. Yeah. I see I don't I, Yeah, I'm just way too biased. Let, I just, like, I can't see them say, trading him for anything in the NHL that a team north of 14th overall would even have. Like, I don't know how they could Toronto? build the value. Toronto is the like, easy one what? because of the goaltending issues. Well, yeah, you get... Yeah, but again, they're, like, what are they... Tra- Unless they're trading, like... Nylander. Like, one of the big four. No, I, I, I wouldn't even say Nylander. I mean, I don't know how the money would work. But, like, as far as value, Nashville shouldn't even be asking for a Nylander. They should be asking for things like a Matthew Nyes... A first, I think they get both Nylander and uh, Nyes. Either Nylander, probably not Nyes, probably a first, two firsts, or um, the defenseman prospect that they have. Yeah, I know. Uh, Sa- not Sandine. No, um, you know who I'm thinking of though. It starts uh, with an S. 
No, he's the Swedish one. Yeah. Timothy Lilligren. Lilligren, yeah. yeah. If you Where's get the S in <laughs> Shut up. I was thinking of someone different. I was thinking of Sandine Polico. Where's he? Oh, no. That was the guy that just Washington. got drafted. Never mind. Um, You're thinking of Sandine who just got traded to Washington. But they all. T- I thought they had another defensive prospect that was pretty good. Uh-oh. That was also sweet. Anyway, my point is, if you get Nyes, no. Liliagrin, and a first. No. 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 You got to get Nylander in there. No. Still no. What about John Tavares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd love playing with yeah. Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> you have the best old leadership group in the NHL outside of Pittsburgh. That would be funny if Pittsburgh just like took on every like old guy that's ever been a captain. It was like, we want you to be part of our, c- our culture. <laughs> Jonathan Taves is coming out of retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to play for Pittsburgh. <laughs> just for Philip Tomasito. But again, that's just one example with Toronto, right? You you could look around the league. There's any team that just has either more of a yeah. You got uh, like L.A. Yeah, L.A. Oh, them. yeah. Edmonton would take them. If you yeah. want to talk about teams that are kind of teetering, Ottawa, they might take them. Yeah, you you this you'd conversation be... is starting to piss me off. <laughs> no, okay. yeah, Detroit. I, I... <laughs> Hey, top five team in the next five years. I keep saying it. They're 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 making you know their way D- there. Detroit, Detroit is the only organization that we've brought up so far that I can even remotely begin to think about it's a weird. trade working. It'd be weird to game. see Soros in a Wings jersey, though. I don't know why. I can't. I just can't picture that. What if we trade? What if there was a one for one trade? Uh, or not a one for one, but what if Soros went to Winnipeg, and you got Connor Hellebuck? No. Never, never, ever, ever. But then what else would Winnipeg even throw in? And that wouldn't make sense for Winnipeg either. Who's a better goaltender? Connor Hellebuck or UC Saros? No, it's not even about who's better. It's about who's younger and which team has a future. out of Winnipeg, too. Yeah, and Saros wants out of Nashville. Shut up. Okay, I, I do feel like this conversation is becoming a little bit stupid (laughs) (laughs) but i i i I see the i see the logic there a little bit in pissing me off yeah i mean it's really fun (laughs) um it's not as fun because we can't see you yeah Mm. i'd have to look at some like better prospect lists too to see if there's a team that like has a really good prospect they could offer you is that what we should come in with next week uc sorrows yeah trade trade talks for uc sorrows i i think i like that next week we'll make that a segment okay um, anyway, and that was your thought for this week. That pretty well, I think, takes us to about the end of the show. Oh, we never... Well, that's okay. We never, we never properly introduced your segment, but that's okay. Oh, yeah, that's we'll, uh, fine. You kind of introduced it yourself, which was, which was neat, but let's not do that again. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, so much for listening this far. Uh, if you've liked what you heard and you want to find us on social media, you can always catch us across all platforms at Vancouver Boys Podcast. You'll find that on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube. On Twitter, we're at Vancouver Boys underscore. And on TikTok, I'm Canucks Videos. I think that about does it for this week for us. Uh, We'll do trivia in a little bit. But uh, unless you boys got anything else, I think that wraps this one up. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace. Trivia.
trying to think of another hint. I'm in between two, and I don't know which one's okay. going to give it away. One more hint, and then and then we gotta we gotta try to guess it. So this is the we think the leading leader amongst forwards for hits over the last two seasons. They were leading two seasons ago. Last season they were like fourth or fifth. Yes, but we think between the last two seasons right. leads the NHL it, forwards. They right. play on an Atlantic team. They didn't the year before that. They have played on one of our four favorite teams, and they're about thirty years old. No, they're under thirty years old. They're on, like late twenties, late twenties. Um, I think this is gonna give it away. Okay, I can either give a pretty big hint, or I can cut down the number of teams to two. Give, give the give the hint. Give me the hint. He's only played in the NHL for two years. I'm mad it wasn't bunting. That was such a good guess by me. Oh, my God, you guys. Come on. I mean, dude. This is so obvious. Don't think it was anyone from the Canucks. I... I he's only, wait, he's, he's only played in the NHL for two years. So he played on one of our teams and then in the Atlantic. And in both years, he's been top five in hits. Tage Thompson. No, he's been in the NHL for a lot longer than two years. Right. I always think he's a lot younger than he is for some reason. And that would also mean he's not in his late 20s. Um, God damn it, son of a bitch. I, I don't know. What? Did you refresh again and he's not top five anymore? I know. Sorry, he's played three years. He's played three seasons. He's played three seasons. So okay, but it wasn't Tage Thompson. No, no, no. Tage Thompson never played for one of our teams. Yeah, he played for the Blues. Yeah. Oh. And then moved to the Atlantic. No, it's not Tage Thompson. And it wasn't someone from the Preds. How many games do you have to play to not be considered eligible for the Calder? Twenty-five, I think. How many? I think it's twenty-five. Oh, that's why. Oh, it's Tanner Janot. It's Tanner Janot. It's Tanner Janot. I, I had this feeling. I was like, it's someone on the Preds. It was someone yeah. that was on the Preds for sure. Man, he threw that many hits. He, in his, what I thought was his rookie season, but I guess he played 15 games before. Right. But his Calder season, I guess, he led the NHL forwards in hits. Jesus Christ. Yeah, insane. Man, he has like a hit for every draft pick that Tampa gave up for him. <laughs> You know what his nickname is? Jean The Ox Bow Ox. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I am way too tired if I'm finding that as funny as I just did. But th- wait, they call him the Ox Bow Ox? Because he's from Ox Bow, Saskatchewan. Oh. Wow, that's very... Cool. Ox bow ox. All right. Well, that's the more you know. Thank you, Alex. All right. We good with that one? Yeah, we'll see everyone next week. All right. Shut her down.